The unity and healing that we've all been hearing so much about intensified over the weekend as a million Trump supporters gathered in Washington, D.C. peacefully to rally in support of the president and BLM and Antifa and generally leftist radicals started to attack them. They threw projectiles at the Trump supporters while they were eating dinner. They threw fireworks at them. I kid you not. They threw fireworks at them. And all the time, Joe Biden completely silent, Democratic leadership completely silent, with, with the exception of these meaningless platitudes to unity and healing. Every time that there is any incident where any even sort of vaguely right-winger does anything wrong, Republican politicians, conservatives, Trump is told he has to condemn it. He's got to disavow it for the rest of his life. And yet when the left organizes, attacks peaceful Trump supporters during a contested election, nothing. Just words of unity and healing. The DC mayor did nothing to stop the violence. I was in DC at the time. The DC mayor was worried about a much greater threat. And you're gonna hear a lot more about this in the coming days and weeks. She was worried about the scariest thing of all, people who don't wear masks. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from Thursday is from Sango. Sango says, I never liked my mother-in-law. I spent the last 10 minutes yelling at her because she voted for Joe Biden. Then I left the cemetery and went home. <laughs> I think it's, it's good. I, I understand your mother-in-law must live in Pennsylvania. Maybe, no, maybe she lives in Michigan. I'm not so sure. A lot of shenanigans. I've kind of been all over the place the last few days. I was in Los Angeles. I said goodbye to my set there. Flew to Tennessee, dropped off sweet little Elisa, then flew out a few hours later to DC during this MAGA million march. I gave a speech defending the president at YAF. We'll get into a little bit of what went on there. I got the great privilege of guest hosting for Rush Limbaugh. Had the chance to speak to Rudy Giuliani on the Trump strategy moving forward as this election continues to be contested. And now we're back here in my new set in Nashville. There is a whole lot to go over. There are a lot of, uh, I, I tell you, I feel much more secure now that I'm in Nashville than I did when I was in DC with these riotous leftists. Uh, I feel much more secure than I did when I was in LA with everything boarded up because the left was threatening to, to burn down the whole city if Trump won. But I still don't always feel secure online because cyber criminals are always trying to hide malware, for instance, in emails. They've got uh, deceptive emails that can look like real invoices. They can look like invites, invites. They can look like payment information with a document attached. I have fallen for this before. The attachments contain text and images that look legitimate. Then you click on it and a pop-up can appear and it prompts you to click enable content or enable editing or whatever. And when you do this, the attachment will install malware on your computer. Well, fortunately now, I have LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information being used in their network, they will send you an alert. It's so easy for someone to steal your info. I, I didn't believe this before. And then I fall for one of these email things and all of a sudden you realize how scary it can be. Obviously, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can help you feel warm and protected this holiday season. Save up to 25% off your first year at lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is lifelock.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S for 25% off. Pretty scary stuff going on in DC. But meanwhile, the mayor of DC says that actually, this is a direct quote, there is nothing scarier 
than having a conversation with someone who doesn't have a mask on. Don't scare others, hashtag mask up DC. Now, having just been in DC during this chaos, I think it's actually much scarier to have a conversation with someone who does have a mask on. Who wears masks, historically speaking? Uh, train robbers, uh, uh, marauders, rioters, burglars, people trying to conceal their identity, Antifa and BLM. That's who wears masks. That's very scary. The idea that I get to speak to somebody who is, who is I don't know, may, maybe has a virus, maybe doesn't, a virus that it is statistically almost impossible for me to die from, and for, especially for someone in my age range, basically is, is no big deal at all. Uh, I'm not so afraid of that. I'm not so afraid of that at all. We never heard this kind of hysteria about other illnesses, some of which were much more life-threatening than coronavirus. And now the coronavirus thing is coming back. Uh, now, I, you know how much I hate to say I told you so. People said that after the election, if Joe Biden won, coronavirus would be cured and that would be it and it would go away. And I, I thought, okay, there's something to that because they're going to want to give Biden the credit for this and start to be able to reopen the economy a little bit. So to that degree, that's true. However, I did caution people about a month or two months ago. I said, I don't think it's all going to go away. Actually, I think they're going to double down on some of the measures because it's just too much power. I, you know, I gave a speech in, in, at YAF about how I don't wear the mask unless I am under absolute duress, unless the, the deli that where I need to get my hoagie for lunch insists that I wear a mask. I'm not going to wear the, the mask voluntarily. I have ignored all of these rules from the very beginning of this pandemic uh, and epidemic throughout the country. I have traveled all over the place, all over the country. I've seen friends. I've seen family. I have shared hugs. I have shared cigars. I have shared drinks. I have, I once, I went on vacation with my friends and we, this was in September, August, we ate fondue for dinner. We don't even really like fondue. We just ate the fondue to stick it in the eye of these experts who are telling us we can't live our lives. Okay. I have ignored the coronavirus guidelines as, as best as possible in this environment. I'm fine. Still living. Still still good. It never felt better. And by the way, do you know who else has ignored all of these, these guidelines? The liberal elites themselves. And we'll get to that in a second because a few of them are getting caught. Regardless, we are being told that we are going to double down, triple down on the, the coronavirus lockdowns. On this, I believe it's the 244th day of 15 days to slow the spread. Joe Biden's potential chief of staff, if Joe Biden ascends to the presidency, this guy Ron Klain, is promising a nationwide mask mandate the very first business day of his transition on Monday of this week, uh, the president-elect met with his COVID task force and then made a public statement afterwards where he called on all Americans to mask up. He urged governors to impose masking mandates now and reiterated the fact that when he becomes president, he will impose one on a nationwide basis. And so look, he's not the president now. There's not that much that Joe Biden can do right now to change things other than to reiterate kind of the message you heard from Dr. Osterholm, which is that all Americans and our state and local governments need to step up right now. If the, if the president, the administration is not going to lead, that's where the leadership has to come from. That will change on January 20th. But right now we have a crisis. It's getting worse. You know, we had never had a day with 100,000 cases in a single day until last week. By next week, we may see 200,000 cases in a single day. So this is getting much worse, Chuck. Did you notice the sleight of hand there, by the way? Initially, during the early days of the virus, 
what we heard about was the number of deaths and hospitalizations. Why? Because we were told we needed to 15 days to slow the spread. We needed to flatten the curve, right? And flattening the curve doesn't reduce the number of people who are going to get it, not by one single person, doesn't reduce the number of deaths from the virus, not by one single person. It just keeps that number below hospital capacity so people don't die needlessly if you go over hospital capacity. Okay, we did that. We succeeded at that. Never came even close to capacity in New York, never came close to capacity in California, nowhere else either. But then they shifted the measure and it was seamless. You didn't even notice they shifted it from deaths and hospitalizations to cases. Well, okay, if, if the survival rate is somewhere around 99% or, or higher, then the, the cases isn't the most important measure. The measure ought to be deaths, uh, the specifics about deaths, and what hospitalization looks like too. The one true thing that Ron Klain said there is that Joe Biden's not the president. <laughs> that was, I'll give him credit for that. The rest of what he said, though, was absolutely hysterical, though it does prove the point that a lot of conservatives were worrying about. Namely, these leftist power grabbers are going to continue to use this crisis, much of which has been contrived, to take more power for themselves, and they're not going to give it up anytime soon. Now, you might be confused because we've been told that we're going to get a vaccine. Remember, just two days after the presidential election, magically, Pfizer says we're going to have a vaccine. For the weeks before the election, when President Trump said we we're going to get a vaccine very, very soon, the media called him a liar. They said he, he was an idiot. He had no idea what he was talking about. Then two days after, wow, what convenient timing. Pfizer says they've got a vaccine that's going to be 90% effective. We then have a, a, another potential vaccine, another potential treatment, 95% effective. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's great. So that means we don't need to wear the stupid masks anymore, right? That filthy cloth that you put on your face to convince yourself that you're going to eradicate germs. Right now we don't need that, right? Right? Wrong. Dr. Fauci, who in the beginning of the pandemic told us, do not wear the masks. Under no circumstances should you wear the masks. Now he's telling us we all have to wear the masks even after we get the vaccine. Here he is speaking with Jake Tapper. So just as a public health measure, you think it would be a good idea if your team would be able to work with the Biden-Harris transition team right now, just in terms of what's best for the public yeah. health of the American people? Of course, Jake, that's obvious. Of course it would be better if we could start working with them. Hold on right there. Hold on right there. This is what the left always does. Do you notice Jake Tapper with his very earnest, very concerned face, very concerned voice, talking to the very concerned, selfless Dr. Fauci, a man who has given his life, dedicated his whole life just to help us. If only we would appreciate him. But we're so caught up in our petty political squabbles, we won't just hand over all of our rights and traditions to Dr. Fauci, who knows better for us than we do for ourselves. Jake Tapper says, listen, Dr. Fauci, as a purely scientific matter, don't you think we should move into the presidential transition? Dr. Fauci, I'm not, I'm not talking about political matters here. I know people talk about a contested election and legal challenges because of irregularities and outright fraud at polling places. I know they're talking about that following the constitutional system, but as a scientific matter, just, you know, for public health. Shouldn't we forget about all that and kick Trump out as fast as possible, not follow the legal process and pretend that Joe Biden is already the president-elect? And Dr. Fauci, putting on his exact same liberal concerned tone of voice, he says, yes, of course, Jake. Thank you. You see, you see what I'm trying to do. Yes, we need to say that Joe Biden is the president, even though no state has certified him. 
even though the electors haven't voted, even though he's not the president elect. This is what they always do. This goes back to Woodrow Wilson. This goes back to the earliest days of the progressive movement when they said the constitution's outdated. That's for an old world order based on an old scientific understanding that Isaac Newton gave us. They always tied it to science. They said, because we have a new scientific understanding of the world brought to us by Charles Darwin, we know that there are no fixed laws. There are no eternal principles. There's no human nature. We just got to move with, with how, however organic movement I decide is important and energetic for the government. And that's what they're saying here. The, the left, this is go, it goes back to, to Marx and Hegel. The left pretends that they know the science of history. So th- this is why I, I half jokingly said many months ago that we need to eliminate the word science from political discourse. And I much less jokingly said that we should ignore statistics because the social sciences, political science, which is a relatively new field, and, and even the modern conception of science itself is a product of a progressive political understanding of the world, whereby if you declare your political points of view as science, then they're incontrovertible. You can't debate it. You can't dispute it. You're good. That's it. And any, anyone who disagrees with you is illegitimate. That is how the left has conducted politics now for well over a century. And that's exactly what you're seeing Tate Tapper and Dr. Fauci doing here. You got the scientific understanding. So what about the masks, Dr. Fauci? Tell us about why we need the masks. Once the process is complete, does that mean they can take off their masks? They don't have to social distance. They can just go about their lives as before. He- You know, I would recommend that that's not the case. I would recommend you have an added uh, area of protection. Obviously, with a 90 plus percent effective vaccine, you could feel much more confident. But I would recommend to people to not abandon all public health measures just because you've been vaccinated, because even though for the general population, it might be 90 to 95 percent effective, you don't necessarily know for you how effective it is. So when I get vaccinated, which I hope to when when it becomes my turn to get vaccinated, I'm not going to abandon completely public health measures. I could feel more relaxed and, and essentially not having the stringency of it that we have right now. But I think abandoning it completely would not be a good idea. Because five to 10 percent of the people that get immunized, it will not be effective for. So they might actually get the virus if they just completely let down their guard. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Well, that's interesting. I'm glad we had this really open and important discussion, not just a pre-scripted political hack fest. No, that, that is exactly what just happened. By the way, Dr. Fauci doesn't believe any of this. Dr. Fauci has been photographed countless times, ignoring his own mask rules. Obviously early on, he said, don't wear the masks at all. It's ridiculous to wear the masks. Then he changed his mind. So I don't know where the, you know, the eternal trustworthiness of science factors in there because he contradicted himself entirely. He contradicted himself on the vaccine. He said uh, about three or four months ago, he said, we will not get a vaccine that's hundred percent or 90% or 80% even. He said probably about 70% effectiveness we're going to get. Well, now we got one apparently that's 90% effective or 95% effective. So Fauci was wrong about that too. And yet now it's, it's amazing how much these scientific leftists fail upwards. They get every single thing wrong. And yet they, they rely upon their authority as the scientific enlightened liberals to, to force us to follow them. And obviously they're going to get it wrong again. They're going to continue to get it wrong. Dr. Fauci, 
made a big ostentatious show of wearing a mask when he dribbled that baseball at the opening day for the Nationals. Remember, and he had the mask on, even though he was in the middle of a baseball stadium that was completely empty. He put the mask on just to teach you. And then he goes back to his seat. He's sitting next to his, his friends and he's got the mask off for no reason. He wasn't making a phone call. He wasn't eating a potato chip. He just had the mask off because he thought the cameras weren't on him then. There have been a number of other photographs of this too. And this is a theme that we're seeing come up again and again. It's not just a gotcha moment where Fauci let his guard down once or twice. It it seems consistent. Every time these liberal elites think that the cameras are turned off, they take off the masks. They ignore these rules that they want to force onto the rest of us. And it is in that world that we are being told we have to trust them. We have to trust them on everything, including the election. These two stories actually relate pretty closely. The people, the liberal elites who have lied to us, who have, first of all, either gotten everything wrong by mistake during the lockdowns and and, uh, other issues over the last four years, or more likely have lied to us about a lot of issues. For instance, the Obama administration spying on the Trump campaign, impeachment, Russia collusion, Ukraine collusion, you name it. Non-troversy after non-troversy. These guys who have no credibility whatsoever are now telling us, believe us on the election. Don't let the legal process play out. I don't think so. Trump's not conceding, nor should he. He should not concede at all, okay? This, uh, politics is much more an art than a science, okay? Even though the left wants to pretend that it's a science. It's much more an art. Conservatives have a much more artistic sensibility, if you ask me. And that's why, if you want the perfect gift to give your family, I would recommend paintyourlife.com. You know how much I love Paint Your Life. You can get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at an incredibly affordable price. I I can't tell you how how inexpensive this is, especially for the, the quality that you get. I've now done this twice with Paint Your Life. I was very skeptical the first time, and I I, I got a picture done for my stepbrother. It was for his wedding, and it was in Grand Central, and it was actually a very complex picture with him and his wife, and it was very large, too, and I figured, okay, I'm going to have it tried out on him, because then if it's no good, he can just have it at his place, and it was amazing. Then I thought, okay, well, you know, look, I'm, I'm a guy who they sponsor my show. Maybe they just gave me the best artist, so I tried a different artist. I had them do a portrait of my mother, even more beautiful than the last one. It's just, these guys are just amazing. You send any picture in, you can even combine photos into one painting, and then these world-class artists will work with you every single step of the way uh, until your picture is absolutely perfect. The price cannot be beat. I did oil. You can do other, you can do other types of uh, painting as well. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk whatsoever. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed. Right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off, additionally, of your painting. That is 20% off and free shipping. To get this offer, text Michael to 64,000. M-I-C-H-A-E-L to 64,000. Michael, text Michael to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. President Trump is not conceding, nor should he. However, yesterday on Twitter, hashtag Trump conceded was trending. That's very strange. Why would Trump conceded trend if Trump did not concede? President Trump has tweeted out, just, just this morning, he tweeted out something to the effect of, I will win. We won the election. A couple days ago, he tweets out, rigged election. We will win. All caps. Another tweet, I concede nothing. But then there was a third tweet. And people are misunderstanding this because they don't know how to speak Trump. Broadly, they don't know how to speak New Yorker, but they, they specifically don't know how to speak Trump. He tweeted out, quote, he won because the election was rigged. No vote watchers or observers allowed vote tabulated by a radical left privately owned company, Dominion. 
with a bad reputation and bum equipment that couldn't even qualify for Texas, which I won by a lot, the fake and silent media and more. So they're saying because he said, because Trump said he won, referring to Biden, then he is conceding the election. Now you can say Trump doesn't use proper diction. He, his grammar is eccentric. You can say all those things, but no one can honestly read what Trump said as him conceding. And my evidence for this is he used the same sort of linguistic structure when he was talking about John McCain. You remember he, Trump got in a lot of trouble because he said John McCain's not a war hero. Remember he famously said John McCain's not a war hero. Biden continues to attack him for saying John McCain's not a war hero. The way he said it though was exactly the way that he said Joe Biden didn't win the election. Joe Biden did win the election. Take a listen to the infamous McCain comment. He hit me. He's not a war hero. He's a war hero. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. Do you agree with that? Notorious comment. How dare Trump say that? Okay, you can, you can dislike the comment all you like, and you can dislike what he's saying about Joe Biden right now. But you have to admit, when, Joe, when, when Trump says he won because the election was rigged, what he is saying is people believe that Joe Biden won because the election is rigged, even though he didn't really win. Just as he said, John McCain's not a war hero. He's a war hero because he was shot down. He's not, he's not contradicting himself. He's not saying John McCain's not a war hero. Oh, actually he is a war hero. He's saying John McCain's not a war hero. People believe he is a war hero because he's shot down, but nevertheless, my assertion is true. He's not a, he he is not a war hero. Same thing here. Joe Biden did not win the election. People think he won because you know, all this voter fraud or whatever, uh, but he didn't, he didn't really win. That's what he's saying. You can disagree with that all you want. And we'll find out there's going to be a legal process that plays out to see who ends up being ultimately named president. We may never know who got the most votes. People might have a hunch who got the most votes, but we, we may never know for sure. Stuffing the ballot box is notoriously difficult to figure out. It took the, the LBJ investigators decades after he left office to figure that out. And it does happen all the time, as we saw with LBJ and FDR. I spoke about that on the show a little bit last week. In terms of what that legal strategy looks like for Trump, I did have the privilege of speaking to Rudy Giuliani on Friday when I was filling in for Rush. And Rudy Giuliani is obviously greatest mayor in the history of New York, and he's also one of Trump's lead attorneys, and he's really pursuing this election fraud question. It is a major uphill battle. So what Mayor Giuliani told me is there are hundreds of thousands of ballots, something like 600,000 ballots in Pennsylvania that were illegally counted. That's not to say they were illegally cast. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but they were illegally counted because there were not poll watchers there Every campaign is permitted to have poll watchers to make sure shenanigans don't go on. This is especially important for mail-in ballots, which are much more open to fraud. So because those 600,000 ballots were not counted legally, they should not be counted in the final tally. That's Mayor Giuliani's argument. I don't know that that's going to hold up in court. What do I know? The Trump campaign has won some victories in the Pennsylvania courts. However, it's very, it's difficult to throw out six ballots much harder to throw out 60 or 600 or 6,000. To throw out 600,000 ballots to me seems unlikely unless the Trump campaign can come with hard, irrefutable proof of systemic fraud. There may have been systemic fraud and it's just impossible to prove. We, we don't know, but it's going to be incumbent on the Trump legal campaign to, to prove that. There are other irregularities. You've heard about the Dominion software 
There are allegations from whistleblowers at Dominion, by the way, that Dominion uh, was very easy to misuse. There were people actually saying that even before the election, uh, easy to hack. Obviously, the left has been telling us it's easy to hack elections for years and years now because of they've never accepted the results of 2016. So obviously, those questions are all, all wide open. But can you prove it? Can you prove it? That's the question that's going to be up. Even, even if they can't, there are going to be a lot of conservatives who are skeptical of this election. And I, I know there are some people who want to say, come on, we need to show, we need to only rely on the evidence. We need evidence right now. I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. I think the skepticism that conservatives have for these liberal elites is utterly justified. I think we would be foolish not to look at them with this skepticism. They have lied to us time and time and time and time again. They've been wrong time and time and time and time and time again. And I think absolutely, it's, they, it is the people who run the liberal institutions that have squandered their credibility. It's not conservatives who are conspiracy mongering because we don't take them at face value. There, there are a lot of things up in the air right now. And when things are up in the air and chaotic, it's very important to have precious metals. <laughs> I, I've always felt that way at least. And the one, one issue with precious metals is when you try to buy gold, let's say you want to buy a bar of gold. It's very, very expensive. And a lot of people don't usually have the requisite cash lying around on the table. That's why Acre Gold has come out with an incredible new product, which is you can, even though the price of gold has been skyrocketing lately, you can buy gold through Acre and Acre will let you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. So how does that work? You know gold bars cost more than $30. How are you going to do it? You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. That's very difficult for most of us to do. Acre keeps you updated on your gold stash. Every month ships once you reach the price threshold. With Acre, taking physical delivery of your gold means it is safe and sound and in your hands. Acre just recently introduced a new $100 per month subscription for their five gram gold bar. I think it's great. I've always enjoyed precious metals. Uh, visit getacregold.com slash Knowles. Start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. That's pretty good. Qualify for the giveaway. Tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. Again, that is getacregold.com slash Knowles. And thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting the show. I'll give you an example of why we can't trust any of these liberal elites. So you, you remember President Trump a number of months ago pulled troops out of Syria. He pulls troops out of Syria. We were told this was going to be the end of the world. It was, maybe it was a year ago at this point. We were told this is terrible. You know, everyone's going to die. It's going to start World War III because Trump is reducing the number of troops in the Middle East. Okay, well, somehow it's going to start World War III. And then it was all fine, right? And, and Trump's foreign policy really has been much, much more successful than any of his predecessors in my lifetime, with the exception of Ronald Reagan and maybe George H.W. Bush, but certainly more successful than Clinton, Bush II, and Obama, even though we were told the sky was going to fall. Well, now we're finding out that the deep state, you know, they've followed Trump's orders when they have to, but they've also been undermining Trump. There was a deep stater named Jim Jeffrey, career diplomat. He's now the outgoing Syria envoy. He just told Defense One magazine, he said, we were always playing shell games to not make clear to our leadership how many troops we had in Syria. 
The actual number of troops in, in Northeast Syria is, quote, a lot more than the roughly 200 troops that, that President Trump initially agreed to have there in 2019. A Washington Post reporter, specifically the reporter on Syrian affairs, uh, read this interview and laughed about it. Said, oh, it's so funny. We've got these career diplomats, these deep staters undermining the duly elected president. Ha ha ha, isn't that so funny? When a deep stater undermines the president, he is undermining the people, which means he's undermining the constitutional order. Nobody elected Jim Jeffrey, okay? Jim Jeffrey was hired by the bureaucracy to be a career, a careerist in the government. People did elect Trump and Trump did appoint various people. And Jim Jeffrey lied to all of those people and conducted his own foreign policy outside of the constitutional order. That's what we're talking about when we say the deep state or the administrative state. That is the permanent government. That's the government that will govern us. Even when President Trump tries to change a little bit around the edges, sometimes he won't be successful. And there are a lot of people right now who believe that the permanent government, the established institutions are trying to pull a fast one in various ways. The, the media, most, most notably, the people who actually make up our regime, our political system, our order, which increasingly has very little to do with the constitution. So forgive us our skepticism when we don't believe it. There's something very strange going on here, something extremely bogus going on in our political system. Those aren't my words. Those are Elon Musk's words who thinks that there's something extremely bogus going on with the way we're talking about coronavirus. We'll get to that in one second. But first, you know that you can't trust these guys in the legacy media, the establishment media. You know it. Time to cut the cord. Time to, to subscribe to new media, replacement media like The Daily Wire. Uh, we got a lot of great content coming to The Daily Wire. Obviously, we're here in Nashville. We, are, we, we have fled Governor Mussolini in California, which was trying to kill our business, basically. We are building up our own place in, a, in an area where we can breathe a little freer. We've got a lot of new people coming over. We've got Candace Owens. Our friend Candace is going to be coming over to Daily Wire. We're going to be launching a new show with her. We're going to be launching new cultural products. We got a whole lot of new stuff going on. The set is just the first part. We are building out things all over the place. Come be a part of it with us. Join, especially at the all access tier. That is the elite level of membership and we get to hang out with you guys and I get to steal ideas from you if you join All Access. Head on over to dailywire.com, subscribe right now to replace that awful desiccated establishment media that lies to you all the time. We'll be right back with a lot more. I have told you from the very beginning that I think that the public policies surrounding coronavirus are completely bogus and stupid, and I've been ignoring basically all of them as much as I possibly can, and I encourage all of you to do that as well. Well, now it seems like I'm being joined by uh, Elon Musk in my skepticism of some of these policies. Elon Musk just tweeted out, quote, something extremely bogus is going on, was tested for COVID four times today, two tests came back negative, two came back positive. Same machine, same test, same nurse. Rapid antigen test from BD. Okay. So that is weird. That's pretty weird, right? You get the exact same test in the exact same place from the exact same person and two of them come back positive, two of them come back negative. Was it a false positive? It would seem to be. I guess it could have been a false negative, but I think in the case of Elon Musk, it'd be false positives. So maybe we can't rely on that so much. Maybe we can't rely on Dr. Fauci, who's been wrong and changed his mind every single step of the way. 
maybe we can't rely on these genius, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, probably the greatest example of this. We're told he's the most important governor on coronavirus. He wrote a book about leading through coronavirus. Andrew Cuomo's policies killed thousands of elderly New Yorkers. He handled the virus worse than any other politician in the entire country. And we're told to follow him. Why? Why? What's the, show me the evidence. There, there, I guess there's some evidence of some effectiveness of the masks that we've got, we've quoted on this show. Epidemiologists from Columbia have quoted this to NPR. We've quoted CDC studies that show that the masks are not particularly effective. The, the one Columbia epidemiologist said that they're not effective. Maybe they would be effective in a perfect world, but they're not effective in the way that people use them because they touch their face, they wear them incorrectly. Okay. Makes sense. If you keep some filthy cloth mask in your pocket for three weeks at a time, it's probably not going to be all that sanitary, right? Well, we now have more evidence that not even the liberal elites pushing these policies believe in them, as I have been suggesting from the very beginning. I think these liberal elites don't think COVID is a serious issue at all. I think they're playing the American people for suckers, and the liberal elites themselves are not worried in the slightest. Nancy Pelosi, well, she tells us that we can't go to funerals for our grandfathers. Well, she tells us we can't go to church. Well, she tells us it's dangerous to go vote. You got to vote by mail. She's also hosting a big dinner party, big fancy dinner party for all the incoming new members of Congress. Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. She actually, she, her defense of this was, don't worry, it'll be safe. It's very spaced out. That's preposterous. What, because the tables are going to be five or six feet apart? It's the, the COVID isn't going to spread if you're having a giant dinner party. But th- then she actually posted a picture of it. It doesn't look very spread out at all. The COVID is not going to spread when you're, when you're seated eight inches away from this person sitting next to you, but five feet away from the person at the table next to you. But it is going to spread if you protest for your civil liberties. It is going to spread if you go to church. It is going to spread if you see your dying relatives. I don't believe that for a second. Not just Pelosi, Gavin Newsom, Mussolini just got caught. Even the Sacramento Bee, which is a very liberal newspaper, is crushing Newsom for this. The Sac Bee is pointing out that Gavin Newsom had a very fancy birthday party at a very, very fancy restaurant called French Laundry. I think the average dinner is like 350 bucks per person or, or higher. And he had a very fancy birthday party with very fancy lobbyists all sitting privately in this room. And then he got caught. He thought the cameras were off, just like all these guys when they think the cameras are off. Ignore all the same stupid rules that they're trying to force on you and that gullible people believe. He got caught and then he sort of apologized. Whoopsie daisy. Yep. Oh, that's, that's too bad. Okay. I'll do better. Yeah, no, I should. I mean, it, it was okay though. Was, we all knew these people, even though, even though the people at this dinner were of very different households, not just New Salini. Chicago mayor, Lori Lightfoot attended a massive Joe Biden victory rally when the media baselessly declared him the president elect. Lori Lightfoot shows up there with thousands of people to cheer on Joe Biden, all very close. Does she think the virus isn't going to spread there? Well, she defends herself. She says, hey, at least we were wearing masks. What do you say to those who are criticizing you where less than a week ago, you went out and stood before a massive crowd who was celebrating um, Joe Biden's victory, and now you're saying your city has to shut down. How do you have one and not the other? Well, look, I, I, I think that We've been saying all along, everybody has to take care. Everybody has to take precaution. I will tell you, in that big crowd a week ago, we had, everybody was wearing masks. Look at, you can see the shot here. 
um, mask compliance in our city is actually up very, very high. The funniest part of that whole clip, I mean, it's a ridiculous defense, but the funniest part of that whole clip is she says, look, look, everybody here was wearing a mask. And a lot of people were wearing masks in the picture. I don't think the masks were doing very much when all these people are touching each other, you know, by the thousands. But the best part of the clip is Lori Lightfoot wasn't wearing a mask. <laughs> she was there without a mask on. He goes, look, oh, it's, it's totally fine. Everybody there was wearing a mask. It's cool. Ma'am, you are, you are lying, not just through your teeth, certainly not through your mask. You're lying about your own actions. You are telling us to believe your words rather than our lying eyes. She queued up the clip that showed her not wearing a mask. That is how brazen these people are. Lori Lightfoot doesn't believe that coronavirus is going to kill her. She's not afraid of it at all. If you really were afraid of coronavirus, you would never go out into that crowd. If you really were afraid of coronavirus, you would never go to French Laundry for your fancy dinner with lots of your fancy rich friends. If you really were terrified of coronavirus, you would never hold this big fancy party for the incoming members of Congress. These people aren't afraid of all, at all, at, at all of this. And as President Trump said, you should not live your life in fear of the virus either. I know, I, I feel bad. I mean, some of my friends and relatives are gullible enough to believe that this is really worth shutting down the world over. This is the existential threat. You've got to stay in your homes. They believe these liars, these scoundrels who don't believe it themselves. I've been ignoring this basically the whole time. And so my life is basically fine, especially now that I'm in Tennessee, which is much more sane than California. But a lot of people have had their lives ruined by this, their livelihoods ruined. They've lost their businesses. A lot of people have not been able to see their beloved relatives as they were dying. Usually not of coronavirus, right? Just people die, you know, and you, you can't spend time with your relatives as they're dying. A lot of people have missed very important moments in their life, high school graduation, weddings have been postponed. People have written into me. They said, Michael, should be, you know, my great aunt Thelma doesn't want to come because she's afraid of coronavirus. Should I postpone my wedding? I said, don't postpone your wedding. Do your, get married. Live your life. Think about the lives ruined by this. Children traumatized by this cultural insanity. All because these ghouls, these ghouls like Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and Lori Lightfoot are lying to your face about their fear of the virus. And all for what? All to win some elections, all to affect their policy. There is no question, regardless of, of your fear or, or lack of fear from the medical effects of this virus, there is no question it's being exploited for political purposes. Justin Trudeau told us that. The, the pretty boy mayor or, or prime minister, I guess, of Canada, I can, you know, I consider Canada to be America's hat. So I, I consider the Canadian prime minister to be sort of like a, a mayor of a quasi-American city. Justin Trudeau described this. He used the phrase reset for how politicians can exploit the virus pandemic. Building back better means getting support to the most vulnerable while maintaining our momentum on reaching the 2030 agenda for sustainable development and the SDGs. Canada is here to listen and to help. This pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts to reimagine economic systems that actually address global challenges like extreme poverty, inequality, and climate change. This has offered a reset. This pandemic has offered a reset. What a ghoul. What a sociopath you have to be to look at, look, if, if they're 
Hysteria is correct that this is one of the worst, deadliest, most terrible diseases, scourges that's ever faced mankind. Then to call it an opportunity is, is pretty callous. But even just looking at the real effects of it, you know, people have died. Many, many more people have had their lives ruined from it. Many, many, many more people have undergone traumas from it. To call that an opportunity, you have to be a sociopath, which these people are. They're sociopaths. And they all use the same phrase. Joe Biden uses a build back better. Build back. Joe Biden says build back better. Justin Trudeau says build back better. Boris Johnson in the UK, who's, I guess, ostensibly a conservative, build back better. It's like a blob, just a globalist blob all, all around us. Very, very spooky. And I don't think this is an opportunity. I think this is, this is a, a, a political op. I think it's an operation of, of politicos to exploit a pandemic. They've got very radical plans. You know, if you had said just a few years ago, that, uh, that Democrats would call 73 million Americans Nazis, I wouldn't have believed you. I wouldn't have believed any of that. But that's what they're doing. You know, David Frum, who's, who used to be kind of a conservative, now I guess he's just a total liberal. David Frum came out and, and he posted a picture of a Nazi parade. And he said, this is what we were promised for the MAGA parade in DC. But then, you know, that, that isn't what we got. And I, I realized... These guys are not just calling Trump Hitler anymore. They're calling, they're calling all the Trump supporters Nazis. That's half of the country. Christian Amanpour, who Drew Clavin calls Christian, Christian Amanpour journalist, said on CNN, she made this explicit comparison, compared Trump supporters to Nazis, and evoked Kristallnacht. This week, 82 years ago, Kristallnacht happened. It was the Nazis' warning shot across the bow of our human civilization that led to genocide against a whole identity. And in that tower of burning books, it led to an attack on fact, knowledge, history, and truth. After four years of a modern-day assault on those same values by Donald Trump, the Biden-Harris team pledges a return to norms, including the truth. And every day, Joe Biden makes presidential announcements about good governance and the health and security of the American people. While the great brooding figure of his defeated opponent rages, conducting purges of besieged enemies and preventing a transition. So everything in there obviously is false. What's so funny is as Christian Amanpour is talking about how the conservatives are burning books, Target was taking my friend Abigail Schreier's book off the shelves because she suggested maybe we shouldn't trans the kids. Her book is called Irreversible Damage. It's a terrific book. Target removed it because she said, they said it was transphobic. It's now, tra Abigail Schreier, by the way, believes that if you're an adult, you should be able to be a man and identify as a woman and go through the medical cosmetic procedures to look more like a woman and identify as a woman. She's totally on board with that. She just thinks you shouldn't trans the kids taken off the shelves. We made a big deal about it on, on Friday. And finally, Target actually did acquiesce because when conservatives have courage, when they grow a spine, turns out we can actually do things. But that's, that's what's happening there. How about, you're worried about crystal knocked. You're worried about the broken, night of broken glass. You're worried about all these things. I notice that there are a lot of boards in a lot of shop windows in major cities in America. Do you know why those are up? Because they felt, the shop owners felt that if Trump one, leftists would smash up their windows. 
Christian Amanpour exactly reverses. It says it's going to be conservatives who do that. Conservatives haven't done that like ever. I don't think they've done it once. And then you have Barack Obama coming out and uh, putting just the perfectly fine point on the end of it. He accuses Trump of being a tyrant. I think that there has been uh, this sense over the last several years that literally anything goes and is justified in order to get power. Uh, and uh, you know, that's not unique to the United States. There are strong men and dictators around the world who think that I can do anything to stay in power. Uh, I can kill people. I can throw them in jail. I can run phony elections. I can suppress journalists. Um, but that's not who we're supposed to be. But that is who Obama is, because Obama did all of those things, and Trump has done none of those things. Obama weaponized the federal government, weaponized the IRS to go after his political opponents, threw Dinesh D'Souza in jail through a selective prosecution, because Dinesh D'Souza wrote a mean book about him and made a mean movie about him that was very successful. He spied on the Trump campaign, used his ex executive agencies to spy on the Trump campaign to undermine the 2016 election so he wouldn't have to give up power for, for the liberal blob. He then weaponized the agencies to then try to launch this coup d'etat for another three and a half, four years. And now who knows what happened in this election? Who knows what shenanigans? We know some shenanigans went on. We just don't know which. Barack Obama bragged about how he violated the constitution with executive amnesty. He said executive amnesty would be unconstitutional and he did it anyway. Bragged. I got a phone and a pen. I can override our constitutional norms. That is the guy who abused his power. They always do this. They always project. They accuse conservatives are do, of doing what they themselves are doing. Now they say, because President Trump won't concede an election before the legal process plays out, before the constitutional process plays out, because he won't concede it early and take them at their word that he's abusing his power and abusing their norms. Give me a break. Give me a break. President Trump concedes nothing right now. We should concede nothing for the moment to this liberal blob, these liars, these scoundrels, these sociopaths who care about nothing but taking more and more and more power. We should concede nothing for now. You know, there's always, you always hear about tactical retreats and things like that, usually from people who want to give up too soon. Now is not the time for retreat. There may be, there may be times to re-examine our strategy, but not now. These guys have not only lost all their credibility, they are abusing their power right now and they're promising to make it a lot worse. Do not concede now. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. 
you know, the Matt Wall show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen.